Shut up and sit down. Welcome into No One Asked Us, episode 52. 52 means a whole year, but that doesn't really work for us in this situation. Uh, but we have been doing this for a long time. This is episode 52 of No One Asked Us. He's Craig Choate. I'm Logan Lee. Uh, don't forget to follow us at No One Asked Us Pod. He's at Craig W. Choate. I'm at The Logan Lee. Chapters, as always, in the description. If you're watching this on YouTube or if you're checking this out on Spotify or Apple, wherever you are. Uh, also, give us a like. Uh, that would be that would be awesome. Uh, subscribe on on YouTube. A thumbs up for a like that would be great. Um, all the fun stuff. Uh, we've we've got we've got some fun stuff going on here on this page. Uh, we did our um, we've done a few Illinois basketball live streams and then some instant reactions that are getting a lot of a lot of traction. So really appreciate everybody that's checking those out. Now that we're starting to really kind of figure out how this business works, I think. Uh, we're starting to click on some things, um, but that's been a lot of fun. So thank you to everybody that has uh, joined in on those, participated, listened to, watched those, all that fun stuff. We'll have more of those coming up in the near future as well. Craig, happy Monday. How are you? We are recording this on on Monday, Monday evening. Uh, what is today? The 31st? The 31st of January. Wow. It's almost February. Anyway, Craig, how are you? You good? Good. Yeah. I'm good. Ready for some warm weather, but um... uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't know where I don't know where you sit on this giant <laughs> storm that's crossing the country uh, in a couple of days from now. I'm right in the heart of it, so uh, we can yeah, have fun could, with that. Yeah, I could see anywhere from <laughs> a foot to two feet. Who knows? I saw forward to that. <laughs> I saw a tweet a couple of days ago. I think it was like one of the New York papers or. I don't know who it was, but they were like meteorologists calling anywhere from two to 20 inches of snow in New York city. I'm like, that is a very, very wide range. You can't narrow range. that down a little bit. <laughs> just a little bit, just a little bit. Uh, our, I haven't even checked out where, where do you guys sit on this, uh, this storm that's coming? I assume you're going to get something out of it. What yeah. where, um, have you checked out where you sit on the, on the, on the map? All I check radar. Is, uh, all I check is the weather apps, and they say rain Wednesday into Thursday, turning to some either sleet or freezing rain, um, and then it says a small chance of snow like early Friday. But I don't think we're gonna get the feet of snow or the huge snow and ice. We're gonna get a lot of rain with a little bit of freezing towards the end of it. Yeah, I'm looking at looking at like a. A simulation map right now you're yeah you're gonna luck out you're gonna luck yeah out. you'll you'll get the rain but uh i'm right i'm right in the heart of the red the uh the heavy the heaviest probably of the snow so uh looking forward to that tuesday night wednesday thursday go get your uh go get your french toast knows? ingredients bread eggs and milk oh man that sounds delicious. french toast i might have to but yeah i'm ready for warm, warm weather too i'm over it I, i'm over snow Give me, give me warm weather. I need to find a way to get down to Florida sometime soon, but whatever. Uh, that's neither here nor there. Uh, I'm just glad you're here. Glad you're here, Craig. Glad you are here, listener, viewer, wherever you are, however you may be um, taking us in. Thank you for being here. Let's start with uh, some moment of the weeks. Moments of the week. Uh, you got anything, Craig? 
I do. Get anything good. What do you got? Let's hear it. Um, a sport we don't talk about. I don't know if we've talked about ever on this show. Rugby, lacrosse, NASCAR. We uh, um, no. I, it was my moment of the week a couple weeks ago. Um, back to the Australian Open. Mm, Ra- Rafael mm. Nadal uh, winning his twenty-first Grand Slam, the most ever for a, a men's tennis player. Um, I was able to catch the end of it. It started at like. 3 30 a.m uh eastern time and I, I woke up at like eight on saturday or sunday i forgot what day he, he won it but i woke up at like eight or eight thirty. the dogs woke me up and i saw checked twitter and saw that it was in the fifth set and the doll dropped the first two and they forced the fifth set so i turned it on and, and caught the end of it um so that was cool to watch i mean he's one of the greatest i, I put my rankings out there on twitter after he won um but the that might've been a little short-sighted because after doing and thinking some more on it, I might, I might change those rankings, but, um, but I think we've witnessed the three greatest men's tennis players of all time, all playing at the same time. So tennis has been good for the last decade, two decades and uh, another grand slam title for, for Rafa. That's not the seldom spoken of sport that I thought you were going to mention. Did you think golf? (laughs) No, no, that's not seldomly spoken of on this show. Uh, you you mentioned a particular name on Twitter the other night uh, that I saw was was circulating uh, oh. around around the world. Rhonda, yeah, Ronda that was Rousey. another thought. I thought of that as well. <laughs> back back um, in the ring. So I'm not like it's WWE is not on my Monday night TV schedule ever. Like if there's nothing else on, I'll flip it on just to see what what kind of acts they're throwing out there and stuff. But I do like to watch the pay-per-view ones, the, yeah. the, the Royal Rumbles and the WrestleManias and the big ones. And Saturday night was the Royal Rumble in St. Louis at the Dome. Um, and it used to be on the WWE like network. You had to pay them, but now they have yeah. a partnership with Peacock. So if you have Peacock, you just get on there like normal and you can watch. So I've watched for like – Didn't since even realize that. that. Yeah, <laughs> since that agreement started, I w- I've watched every pay-per-view. Um, so, yeah, I watched the – I watched, I think the whole, I think I watched the whole program. I watched all the matches, um, but yeah, Rhonda came out. I think she was 27 of the 30 for the Royal Rumble. And this, I think it was her first appearance since her last appearance years ago. Yeah. Um, I think everyone was pretty shocked. Now, again, I don't read any spoilers. I know a lot of fans know like ahead of time, who's in the Royal Rumble and what their numbers are. Cause obviously it's a scripted show, but um, I had no idea. And her music came on. I was like, what? I thought she was done. I thought she had retired. Um, but yeah, she went on to win it. And then Lesnar was number 30 of the men's and just came in because he had lost earlier in the night his individual match against Bobby Lashley. And he came in at number 30 of the men's Royal Rumble and just wrecked everyone. Like he threw like the last six people out and ended it. It was it was pretty cool. I had no idea we we're gonna you were gonna spend this much time talking about WWE. Uh, well, it was fantastic. my other moment of the week. So that's, that's wonderful. That's great. Uh, is it a sport? No. Cause it's scripted. I mean, they are, they're athletes. I, yeah, I agree. That's, they are that's some I of the best athletes well. in the world, but anything scripted is hard to call a sport. Yeah, I agree. Sports entertainment. I agree. Uh, speaking of sports and entertainment, uh, this isn't a great moment of the week, but I had a good time with it. Did you happen to catch anything from Saturday night, Saturday night live on Saturday? I would just watch Weekend Update earlier today. Yeah, Peyton, Peyton Manning uh, coming on to Weekend Update uh, 
the the bit was that they brought him on to talk about the weekend in last weekend's wild weekend in playoff football the uh the, the divisional round yes um with the bills chiefs game and all that stuff uh but the joke was that he wanted to spend the whole time talking about emily in paris which was hysterical i haven't watched emily in paris allison had she was enjoying it um yeah. it was Same. so funny it was Christy has watched it and i sent her the clip today she's like oh my god that was great i needed that <laughs> uh it was it was just funny peyton manning is hysterical i have no idea why he felt the need to go be on that show i don't know whatever um whatever peyton manning wants to do in this world whether that's to be on monday night football manning cast or to be a color commentator full-time or to own a team or i just i just want him to be in the public spotlight because yes. he's just he's just funny he's just entertaining he's smart uh he he's got a good sense of humor uh understands a good punchline. like he's just He's just great. So mm-hmm. definitely got a kick out of that. Uh, really enjoyed seeing him pop up. I didn't see the show until much later in the day on Sunday, um, but I had seen all, I mean, I scroll through Twitter and Instagram. So I had seen that he was going to be on the show, but I didn't see what it was going to be about. And then when I heard, and then I saw it, I was, I was enjoying it. So yeah, uh, good stuff there. Uh, question of the week before we get into our main topics today uh we're gonna we can finally talk about this now because craig finally saw the movie a couple weeks ago and we we brought it up uh so we're now we're going to pose the question to you the fans who is the best live action spider-man we've now had three of them and spoiler alert they all show up in this most recent one uh so and it's great and now we're just going to ask the question, who is the best live action Spider-Man? Is it Tobey Maguire? Is it Andrew Garfield? Or is it Tom Holland? Uh, that will be our, our question of the week for this week. Uh, question of the week for last week. What what did we even do? I don't even remember overtime. where we stood on it. Playoff oh, overtime. the overtime thing. Yes. We asked the question, should NFL change their overtime rules? Yes, no, or playoffs only, which... I don't even know what the what the final results on that. So it was 63, 63% people said voted yes, which I know a lot of people agreed with at the time. It kind of lost some of its luster, um, I think, yeah. because there was also an overtime game this past weekend, uh, which resulted in a turnover. And then, you know, it, it worked out for the NFL, I think. Uh, yeah. Had that um, gone the same way for the second week in a row, uh, there might have been an absolute uproar. But mm-hmm. uh, it worked out. So 63% of voters said yes. Uh, 23% said yes, only for the playoffs. And 14% said no. So that was last week's question of the week. As I said, this week's question of the week, who is the best live action Spider-Man? Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, or Tom Holland? So, Craig, let's talk a line of basketball. Okay. Now that we got all of the housekeeping out of the way, you okay with that? You okay? I'm, I'm okay with that, yeah. Okay. Awesome. We don't do it enough. So let's, we do, don't do it, it enough. We don't do it enough. <laughs> no, uh, it's, it was been a good week for Illinois basketball. Um, yeah. There was uh, two games. We kind of went into the week thinking, um, obviously you want to win on the road at Northwestern. You like to win a home game against Michigan state. Did not know who was going to be playing against Michigan state. Um, come to find out that neither Andre Corbello nor Kofi Coburn were going to be on the court. So we go into this game doing a live stream, mind you, last Tuesday night or whatever it was, um, thinking this is probably going to be a debacle. Uh, I, I just didn't really know where the offense was going to come from. And um, to the surprise of many, Illinois pulls away 
uh, and, and takes down Michigan State at home. Uh, it, was, it wasn't pretty at the end, uh, but Illinois gets a big-time win at home uh, over Michigan State, 56-55. Illinois, and I don't have all the notes in front of me, but Illinois didn't score for the last two minutes and however many seconds. Of the, I mean, it was some ridiculous number, right? Like, yeah, they had they had a fairly decent lead, and then Michigan State just kind of fought back, and Illinois couldn't score, and it was ugly. Uh, but it was a win nonetheless. So that was by far the biggest win to date for the Illini this season, taking down at the time uh, number ten ranked Michigan State. Um, that game, Trent Frazier led the way with sixteen points uh, for the Illini. Um, then they turn around and go to Northwestern on Saturday. We find out moments before tip that Kofi is going to play this game. So this is a game we're thinking, okay, well, you're going to probably win this game anyway, but now you're probably going to win this game by double digits. Yikes. Uh, they did win, spoiler alert, uh, but it was not by double digits. <laughs> In fact, it took everything from Kofi to get past Northwestern on Saturday. Illinois takes down the Wildcats 59-56. to 56. Sorry. Um <laughs> my computer started making noises and it's throwing me off. Um, so that, that was the Saturday game that was with Kofi, but not much production from anybody else on the court. Uh, the, the freshmen in terms of minutes was, were great because they were not getting a lot of anything else out of Grandison and Plummer. Uh, Trent Frazier has been good. Uh, not enough really to help much um, on Saturday, but Either way, Illinois comes out of the week with two wins, and oh my goodness, Craig, my computer is driving me insane. I'm going to take a deep breath. <laughs> Every time I click around on ESPN, my sound starts something else. Oh my God, it's driving me nuts. Okay, so after all that, a 2-0 and week for the Illini. Where are you at right now? How do you how are you feeling? You feeling good? Um, I feel okay. Um, I feel okay. The week was a struggle. It was a no kidding, okay. massive struggle. Although a a win against Michigan State at home without your two best players, um, should be something we should be happy about. And I think everyone is that they yeah. got in the win column and not the loss column. Um. But the offense is just not clicking right now. And it all comes back to the shooting slump that a lot of the guys are in. Um, we said it during the stream. We said it in our postgame show Saturday. Jacob Grandison, Trent Frazier, and Alfonso Plummer just aren't hitting the shots that they were early in the season. And when that's not happening, there's not a lot of offense with this team, especially with Andre Curbelo out. If Curbelo's in, you got a lot of more – a lot more success with the ball screens, him coming off the ball screens and um, five or six times a game, he does that little scoop layup under the seven foot big man for the other team that I don't know how he gets to the rim, but he does. Um, and he's able to, to start some offense, but Corbello has been out the last, is it three games now that he's missed Maryland, Michigan state, or did he play yeah, at Maryland? He, no, he didn't play it. At, oh wait. Yes. He, he did. He was play sick. That's the game. He was sick. So he's missed the last two games. Um, so, I mean, it's just f- for this team, for Illinois to be in the position they're in right now, 18th in the country, leading the Big Ten at eight and two, 
when Kofi and Carbello have missed so much time. It it says a lot. It does say a lot about the fight in this team that when things aren't going right, they're going to find a way. Um, I think I noticed it in the pregame leading up to Northwestern that Kofi hasn't even played in enough games, enough amount of games. Now he has. But before Northwestern, he hadn't played in enough amount of games to be the team's technical leading scorer. Like, you know how on the ESPN app, it shows you the top performers for each team. Going into Northwestern, Alfonso Plummer was the team's leading scorer on the front page with whatever he's averaging because Kofi had missed – he hadn't played in like 70% of the games to qualify as his – as the team's leading scorer. That says a lot that this team's 15-5, and and that's the case. Now, he is back on there now in the preview for the Wisconsin game. It says Kofi is the leading scorer and rebounder and all that stuff, but – um, but yeah, I think, and I meant to mention, I meant to mention this on the stream or the, um, post-game show on Saturday, Dave Wisnowski from Chicago tweeted out that Lauren Tate did the research, Lauren Tate from the news Gazette that Curbelo and Coburn have played a total of 85 possessions together this season. It's 85 possessions. I mean, you, you got to think that there's probably 85 possessions in a single game right about there. I've never actually looked into how many possessions a team gets per game, but I would guess that's a game, maybe a little more than a full game together. And this team's 15 and five. It's, it's insane that they've been able to do this. It's impressive. It really is impressive. Uh, The the production that they've gotten from other guys up until the last few weeks has, has been really nice. Um, Yes. They they've had Kofi for most of the season, but uh, what they've been able to get out of Trent for most of the season, for Plummer for a good chunk of the season, for Grandison for a good chunk of the season up for a while, um, has been really nice. Still, yeah, still waiting for them to be healthy um, and to be to be on the floor, everybody together. Um, but we'll get there one day, hopefully. Um, but regardless, to be in the situation that they are. Um, without the players that they haven't had and all these things we all these things we've already talked about to be 15 and five and eight and two sitting in a, a two-way tie at the top of the big 10 uh, is is pretty incredible so um, yeah I mean there's just there's so much we can take away from everything Illinois basketball right now that I think we we're, we're both pretty pretty happy with um, we have talked a lot of Illinois basketball on these other post game shows so I don't want to dwell on both of these games too much. Right. Um, Cause we've already dissected them a lot in the past. If you haven't already watched those shows, go back and do that. Um, but uh, either way, very happy with it, with, with where things are at right now. Um, hopefully Curbelo comes back here uh, this week. I would think depending on the COVID situation, he, he might be back uh, for the game on Wednesday against Wisconsin. That would be nice. Um, if not, then you'd have to think he'd be back probably by, by the weekend against Indiana. So uh, either way, big matchup for the Illini uh, this Wednesday as they host Wisconsin, Uh, Illinois, who is now ranked number 18th in the country. We didn't talk about that. They did move up from 24 to 18 uh, this past uh, today. I guess the, the rankings came out today um, after the two and a week last week. Um, I wanted to pull up because I know you've been posting your um, top 25. You had them at 18. Did you, are, were you like 25 for 25 pretty, or no. did you like check it or? Um, I think I have, I didn't, I didn't cross reference, but I think I have 23 or 24 of the 25 teams that are ranked, but I obviously they're not all on the right, 
I when do you become a voting spot. member of the AP? <laughs> Never. <laughs> <laughs> or when you they ask that, because I'm so accurate. You mean that blue check mark doesn't get you that automatically? <laughs> I'm not a part of the Associated Press. <laughs> oh, right. That's how it works. Uh, but yes, Illinois, number 18th in the country after the 2-0 week. They will play uh, Wisconsin Wednesday night at the State Farm Center. Wisconsin, number 11 in the country. They are 17-3 and overall, 8-2 and in the Big Ten as well. This is a big one on Wednesday. Uh, playing in the middle of a snowstorm, probably in Champaign. Uh, nine yeah, o'clock Eastern they, time. You think I, it could get canceled? Yeah, I think it very likely could get something. We'll have to see what the weather ends up doing. Um, I don't know what, what point they will make that call, uh, mm-hmm. but they are scheduled to play nine o'clock Eastern time, eight o'clock local time, uh, Big Ten Network in Champaign on Wednesday. Um, Wisconsin going into the season, we didn't really know a lot about them. Uh, neither yeah. of us, nor really anybody had Johnny Davis anywhere near their, uh, player of the year conversation, but he seems to be the front runner. Granted, mm-hmm. everything I've read has said it's a wide open race and everything, but everybody also has him at the top of their, at the top of their list. So, uh, he's had a pretty good season averaging over 20 points per game. Um, he is far and away their leader, leading rebounder, leading, leading assist guy, um, he was had a good freshman season last year, but I don't know that anybody, as I said, I don't think anybody really projected him to be having the season that he's having. Um, but yeah. 21.4 points per game, 7.9 rebounds, 2.4 assists. He is the cog uh, for the Badgers. He'll have a tough test um, going up against Trent and or DeMonte, which we'll talk about the Trent thing here shortly. Um, but that's, that's going to be the matchup for Wednesday. Big one for the Illini. They're, they're looking for now what essentially is their – their second marquee victory on the season. Uh, they got the first one against Michigan State. Hopefully, if Kofi is if, is there and to- fully healthy, and if maybe Curbelo plays, uh, this could be a, this could be a nice a nice victory for the Illini if they can pull it off. What are your thoughts going into Wisconsin, assuming that this game's actually played? Um, I, I think it comes down to to stopping Johnny Davis. Um, so that combination of Trent Frazier and Demonte Williams doing their job. Um, I don't know. Davis is six, five, about 200 pounds. So I think DeMonte and Trent both can, can stick with him. He's, he's not a, he's not a six, eight guy or a six, nine guy that can have this way. I think, I think they can contain him. Um, it's Wisconsin though. They've, they've got those three or four stretch fives that, that will pull Kofi away from the, from the, uh, the paint on defense and, and get him out of there so they can drive and, they didn't scare me preseason. Like we said, I don't think many people expected this out of them, but they found something this year and they're playing really well. Um, Johnny Davis and Brad Davidson form a, a really good um, backcourt. And then um, what's the guy's name? Wall, Tyler Wall, I yeah. think is his name. Tyler Wall, yeah. Tyler Wall has been playing really well. Um, and then there's another, it's not, there's another like stretch four or five. Stephen Crowell. Crow, yeah, he's not quite as good as Wall, but, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's a game that Illinois should win, um, especially if Corbello's back. Uh, even if he's not, I think they they can win this game, but um, it's it's going to be a tough one. This um, this month is going to be really really tough. Um, I sent a tweet to my to my buddies, Trevor Valise, um, with ESPN Champagne, ESPN Radio and Champagne, tweeted out the um, this month. Illinois has six quad one games. No one else in the Big Ten has more than three. 
Yep. So it's going to be this month could be um, this February. It's going to be a test. It's going to be a big time test. And it starts, hopefully, if weather allows, starts on Wednesday night at home. Um, good thing you're getting them at home because Cole Center, yeah. except for the last two years, Cole Center is, is a tough place to play. So I'm glad this one's at home. Yeah. Um, I looked uh, up the Ken Palm Player of the Year standings. Yep. Davis has dropped a six. Really? Ken Palm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. She went every, everybody that I've everything that I have read or seen, they all usually have him yeah. number one. Yeah, but that's interesting. She, okay, Sheway at Kentucky is one. EJ Liddell at Ohio State's two. Drew Timmy really? Gonzaga four. Orlando Robinson from Fresno State, seven footer from Fresno State, is four. Chet Holmgren, Chet Holmgren, Gonzaga's five. Johnny Davis six. Zach Eady seven. Keegan Murray eight. Paolo Bancaro nine, and Trevion Williams ten. I mean, I understand what that list is, but I don't really, I don't, I don't buy that list. Um, but that's fair. Uh, I think the the big takeaway here, the big key for this game is, I don't think they have anybody that can stop Kofi. Um, yeah, they have some size, but I don't think there's anybody that can really play with him. Um, so they're gonna have to figure out how to stop him, and they're probably gonna send multiple guys at him consistently. So this is probably going to be a game where we're going to need to see some other people shooting the ball, shooting yep. the ball well. And that has not really been the case lately. Uh, would love to see some, some spurts out of, out of Plummer and out of Grandison and Trent and the, of those Illinois three the, who needs, who needs a big game more out of those three, Jake Grandison. Yeah. I think Jake Grandison is on the verge of losing serious minutes. Um, yeah. The way that Brad played the freshman against Northwestern. I'm not yeah. saying that he'll continue to play the freshman against some of these other good teams in the big 10, but the way he's trusted them. Um, Cause I mean, if you get a, if you get a fully healthy Curbelo back, then somebody's going to start losing minutes here. Um, and DeMonte we've talked about his doesn't really provide much on the offensive end. I mean, he did have the big putback uh, essentially the, the game winning basket, against Northwestern, but he's not very much on the offensive end, but he does a lot of other things. So he's not in, he shouldn't be worried of losing his playing time. Plummer, though he hasn't been as hot as he was around Christmas time has, has still been good for some buckets. Um, And Trent's been, I mean, he's kind of been off and on it a little bit, but he's been, he's been consistent enough. The answer is Grandison. If Jake Grandison doesn't get it figured out pretty quickly, I I think Brad's just going to, go to try to get more out of Luke Goody or maybe Melendez. I mean, I think he's going to, we're almost to that point where Curbelo is going to take somebody's minutes. And I think Jake is most likely candidate. Is it time to try a starting lineup change, bring Jake off the bench, bring start Melendez or Goody for the first five, five minutes of the game. And well, or is it not to that point yet? Maybe, but I think the first question you got to figure out is where is Curbelo going to sit into this rotation and fit into this rotation? I think <clears throat> he should be starting, but I think they're probably keep him coming off the bench for a while, which right. I can understand that. If you do throw him in the lineup, I don't think you can put him and I don't think you can Frazier go that small. Plumber. Yeah, I don't think you can go small. him, Frazier, and Plummer, and DeMonte. I, I don't right. think that can be your, your starting four of your uh, four of your five so right. i i think the bigger thing maybe i could see that happening but i think the bigger 
you know, issues, what they want to do with Curbelo. If he, if he needs to be put back into the starting lineup um, or if they would rather him come off the bench. So, I mean, yeah, I can certainly see something happening. I, I mean, maybe Goody um, just to maybe fire Jake up or something. I, I, I don't know what the solution there is, but something's got to happen there because yeah. Um, I mean, really last season, he really, things really kind of turned around when he came into the starting lineup. Yep. If I remember that right. Yep. Um, cause he was kind of a bench roll bench guy. And then they kind of threw him in the starting lineup and that's when things really started to click. So it took, took Demonte uh, spot in the starting lineup, I think last yeah. year. So, I mean, I could certainly see something like that happening. Um, we'll have to see, uh, what happens, um, this week, uh, after Wednesday's game against Wisconsin, um, they will then head to Bloomington on is that Saturday or Sunday. Is that Saturday, Saturday, I don't Saturday on, uh, Saturday against Indiana. Um, a Hoosiers team that hasn't been great, but it's kind of surging of late. Uh, they've they've started to poke their head into some top twenty-five polls a little bit. Um, they are seven and four in the conference, sixteen and five overall. Indiana, um, you talking about my top twenty-five? Were they in your top twenty-five? Yeah. Okay. I, I know I've seen them in other people's too, but yeah. Um, but they have a couple wins late here lately over Maryland and Penn State. They have won. And they've played pretty well in the Big Ten so far. Um, wins mm-hmm. over Ohio State and Purdue, um, but they also lost to Michigan, lost to Iowa, just, yeah. and Penn State. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, they're they're not necessarily a major threat, but the Big Ten is. I've said it before; it's a bloodbath, and anybody can lose anywhere. Illinois almost lost on the road at Northwestern. So, uh, to try to sit here and say that they're they're absolutely going to win in Indiana would be a a very silly thing to say. Uh, they have one of the best players in the conference, Trace Jack- Trace Jackson Davis, uh, who has led them this season uh, as expected. And he, I don't think you mentioned him in that player national player of the year conversation, nope. but. He's certainly in the conversation for Big Ten Player of the Year and First Team All Big Ten. Uh, he's averaging over 18 points and eight rebounds a game, uh, so he is heart the heart and soul of that team. Uh, that'll be another tough one. Uh, it's three straight tough ones for the for the Illini: home against Wisconsin, and then at Bloomington against Indiana, and then at West Lafayette against Purdue. So a very mm-hmm. tough stretch for Illinois, as you mentioned. The next month is going to be tough, but uh, these these next three in particular. Uh, it's a pretty tough way to start off the month of February. So that's looking ahead to this week for the Illini um, after they take that number 18th ranking um, uh, earlier today. So on this week, what do you want to see? Obviously you want to see two and O would you, would you be content with a one and one? Um, What worry? What are your thoughts here? You need, what do you need? What do you need to see? You need to just see the team gelling back together. What do you want? Yeah, that, that's true. That's true. Um, I, I would love to see a better shooting performance, um, hopefully Saturday, but um, Indiana is a tough place to play. I know I covered two games there that were one specifically was a bloodbath with gross. And the other one I think was pretty close actually, but with Underwood, but a uh, tough place to play Indiana. 2-0 is attainable. 2-0 is certainly not off the table. I think 1-1 is probably more likely just got to avoid two and zero. You got to, you got to win one of the two. Got to avoid zero oh and two. That's what I meant. What I say, two and zero. You got to avoid zero oh and two. two. And oh. <laughs> Everyone wants to avoid that two and zero oh week. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, you got to avoid zero oh and two. And obviously, I've said it forever. You got to defend home court. 
and then you got to steal some on the road. So you need to win Wednesday at home. You need to, to win the Big Ten, you have to defend your home court. So Wednesday you need to win, and then whatever happens Saturday happens. Um, but that's a good point you made. I, I just would like to see a, some one or two of the three. Not, not all three of them necessarily need to go six for eight from three, but we need to see one or two of the three snipers um, come out and, and shoot like they were early in the season, I think. I agree. And I know how much you just want to beat Brad Davison. So uh, he's so annoying, man. But <laughs> if he was on Illinois, we all would love him. We all know yeah. that he's, the, he's yeah. the Aaron Kraft. He is. He absolutely is. Um, one more Illinois basketball thing that we kind of glazed over earlier. Um, we did touch on this during the live I stream. Hope, I hope all the, the listeners and viewers are ready for this. Logan's about to unload here, so go ahead. I've already unloaded once. If you wanted to hear me unload, <laughs> go listen to the live stream for the game uh, at Northwestern. It was early in the game. Uh, I, I vented out most of my frustrations then. Um, but I will um, – we will tackle the issue here again, here briefly. Uh, earlier this week, there was a list posted. Uh, it was the top 15. It's the final watch list or finalist for the Naismith defensive national player of the year award, essentially 15 finalists. Uh, and the winner will come from this list. Uh, Trent Frazier was not on the list. Um, I, I know a lot of Illini fans were probably a little um, bitter Seeing that, I know I was. Um, Brad Underwood certainly was. He made it very clear in his um, press conference, must have been prior to Northwestern game, um, basically before he was even asked any questions, he wanted to open up with the fact that it was it was awful that Trent Frazier was not on this list. I think he uh, called it a – he said that this is a joke. It is, yes. Right? He called it a joke, something along those lines, yes. Um Essentially, the, the issue here is that we as Illinois basketball fans that watch this team play consistently know how important he is and how strong of a defensive player he is. Uh, what Trent Frazier does not have is the stats. He does not have he does not lead the country in steals. He's not getting blocks. Um, that's just not what he does. That's just not how the system plays. That's just, that's just not how this is going to work. Um, I don't know who's voting for this, who voted for these players that were named to this list. Um, but I'm going to guess that a good chunk of them aren't going through and doing the research to figure out who the bet, who these players are guarding on a particular night and who's shutting down the opposing team's best players. Um, I have not done that myself personally, so I can't sit here and tell you that this is how it is. I just have a hard time thinking that if you did that, if you compared these players that are the best defensive players in the country and you went game by game and saw how what how the players that they guarded that game did comparatively um, to their other games, that Trent wouldn't be amongst the best. That's where I stand on it. Um, but of course, people aren't going to take the time to do that. They're just looking for stats, looking for blocks, they're looking for the things that stick out because it's easy, which, listen, I understand. There's a lot of college basketball teams. There's a lot of college basketball games to watch. No one person is really going to be able to sit there and try to figure all that stuff out. So I can't be too angry about it because 
I would probably be the same situ- in that same situation. If I was one of those voters, I would look at numbers like stats and blocks and defensive efficiency, just things like that, that I know that are actual numbers that are quantitative things that I can see and that are given to me. Um, but those were, that's, that's not how Illinois fans wanted it to be. Uh, and rightfully so. I think certainly Trent Frazier has meant so much to this team defense. I mean, offensively, yes, but that's not the debate today. Uh, the fact that he shuts down the opposing team's best player consistently night in and night out. Um, and, and then he wasn't on that list is, I don't want to say a travesty, but as Brad said, it was a joke. Uh, mm-hmm. Now the comment that I did make during our, during our live stream is that I won't be shocked. In fact, I will think it's funny if Trent Frazier is voted the Big Ten's defensive player of the year. Will that happen? I don't know. But do I think that's entirely out of the question? No, I do not, because those are that's going to be the coaches that are going to be voting for those awards. Correct? Mm-hmm. Am I wrong in that? I think those you're are the right. I think there's a there's that, a coaches and a media. So you're going to have coaches like. For instance, Tom Izzo, who was praising the work, the defensive work of Trent Frazier the other night after the game or before the game or after the game, whatever. Uh, you're going to have the coaches that are going to see this. This is the player that shut down my best player when I played Illinois. They're, that's what they're going to look at. So I will not be shocked if Trent Frazier is named the, def- the conference's defensive player of the year award, but he's not even mentioned on this 15-person watch list finalist list for the national defensive player of the year award my filibuster is done i will open the floor to you craig go ahead i mean you make good points oh. i don't i don't <laughs> think any i don't think anyone's arguing with you with um with what you're saying and it yeah it comes down to if you look at the stats sheet he normally doesn't have the steals or anything like whatever defensive stats they look at he doesn't have those but like you said, he guards the best player and he shuts him down. And I think he probably takes two charges a game. He's he's always taking a charge. Um, so, yeah, it's just the stuff that they don't look at. What I've just tried to look up was, is there another Big Ten player on the list? Or who are the other Big Ten players on the list? Felt like there was um, at least one. Trace, I was thinking Trace Jackson Trace Davis, Jackson Davis is the only – the only big 10 player on the list, Trace, Trace Jackson Davis. So, I mean, the, the easy thing to do is just look and see who's blocking the most shots. uh, Cause most of the guys on here are bigs. Um, I think there are only three guards on this list of the 15. So they're, they're all big centers. So they just look at who's guarding the rim and who's getting, who's swatting shots and, and they go by that. So, so yeah, um, I agree with you. Um, I'm not going to be surprised if he's not the Big Ten Player of the Year either, though. No, because it's just, no, I, I'm not. It's so overlooked. I'm not expecting him to be. I nor am I predicting it to be. I just it wouldn't shock me, and I would think it's funny. Yeah. Um, the moral of the story, though, is you and I, for a long time, have been shouting Trent Frazier's name from the rooftops on a consistent basis. I just want to see the guy get get some accolades. I just want yeah. to see him get the recognition he's deserved um, because he has been such a huge part of this team for the last five seasons. And that has, his role has changed season after season and what he's done this year to help keep this team in check. He's granted. He, even he missed a game or two early in the season, but he's, he's played as just as much as anybody else on this roster 
um, for a team that's had to go through spurts without Kofi and go through most of the season without Curbelo and having to, you know, take over the point guard duties and also the primary defensive duties and also being the team's leading scorer. Like I just, I just want him to get the recognition that he deserves. And that was just the first of however many awards that, you know, he, he ends up missing out on. Um, I just, I don't want that to be the case. I hope that he's, you know, at least I think he's, I think he's in the conversation for second team, all big 10. Um, when it's all said and done, will that happen? I don't know, but that's just kind of what I'm, what I'm hoping for. So yep. we were very pro Trent Frazier. He, uh, he made the all defensive team last year. Yeah. The big 10 all defensive team with Daryl Morsell, Aaron Henry, Jamari Wheeler, and miles Johnson. Marcel's now at Marquette. Aaron Henry went to the draft. Miles Johnson's at UCLA. And I think Jamari Wheeler might be at Ohio State. Could I don't be. think he's at Penn State anymore. So of the five that made it last year, he's the only one I think that's still – let me see where Jamari Wheeler is. I think he's at Ohio State. And his, yeah, he's Ohio State. So he might contend with Trent for it. But he's got a good shot. Certainly does. Certainly does. Uh, okay. Uh we talked a lot about Illinois basketball. There's some other basketball stuff going on in each of our respective um, hometowns currently. I guess you call oh. us our hometowns. The, the, the towns that we live in. Yeah. Um, your <laughs> no disrespect probably, to Pinkneyville and Oakwood here. Your stuff is probably bigger than just a single game that's happening tonight in, in South Bend. But uh, Chris oh, yeah. Mack. Chris Mack is out at Louisville. Um, I don't know what role you played in that. Um, <laughs> but congratulations, I guess. Um, but yes, Chris Mack, uh, this past week, uh, left on his own terms, quote unquote, yeah. was that legit? Who knows? Um, but things were not going his way at Louisville. Um, there was a suspension involved early in the season. Uh, mm. and I just don't, I don't know that he was really gelling with anything and the season wasn't going great and the ACC kind of sucks this year. So like, we can't really afford to not be great if we're Louisville. Um, so he, he's out, he's gone. Uh, I don't know what the future holds for him. Um, could get back into coaching, could stay out of it coaching for a while. Um, I know, uh, in terms of replacing him, the name that you had mentioned at one point, or that was mentioned at least was Bruce Pearl. That apparently is not happening now because Auburn decided to give Bruce Pearl an eight year deal. That was never going to happen. Uh, I know. Um, but uh, so that's that's certainly off the table now. Um, so so what is the future? What's the future for for Louisville basketball, Craig? What do you think now that you're a big um, fan? <laughs> I mean, the future for Louisville is the same as it always has been. It's a top oh. ten job in the country. Um, you just got to find the right oh. guy. Is there a list for that? <laughs> there is a list that we don't have time for today because today's a loaded show. Um, they always pop- are, Craig just popped up on my Facebook memories that what was it five years ago? I think it was five or six years ago. Me and ago. Logan each put together a list of our, the best jobs in college basketball one, like from one to like 85. Um, and yeah, so that happened. And so we're going to revisit that eventually. Just don't know when. Um, I mean, there are, there, as always, there are betting odds out on who's going to be the next coach. Um, but Kenny Payne was an assistant at Kentucky played at Louisville. He's a he's the favorite, the odds-on favorite. Um, there are a bunch of other names out there, though. Um, Andy Enfield at USC has been thrown out. Um, the coach of Bellarmine, who is also 
uh, Bellarmine is a smaller school here in Louisville. Um, their coach has been thrown out, but he's like a, he's 66 years old. So it would be like a guy to come in and smooth things over and then give way to the other guy. Um, I, I can't think of the others off the top of my head, but there, there were some names out there that were, that were, um, qualified for it. I think, um, Steve Forbes, who's at Wake Forest now was a name that's been thrown out. There was another one that I really liked and I can't remember who it was. Ed Cooley from Providence, um, is on the list, but who knows what's going to happen? Uh, the Bruce Pearl thing. I mean, that was the first name that everyone thought of. And there was a report that Louisville had reached out to, um, to Bruce already. Um, the, so first of all, Louisville is a university right now without a president, without an, without a permanent president, without a permanent athletic director, and now without a permanent head boys, men's basketball coach. Um, so this university is just really knows what they're doing right now. Um, the interim AD though said in his press conference following the, um, the separation with Mac, I'm trying to find the, uh, here it is. He straight up said, I'm going to want a coach that has the highest level of integrity possible. As soon as he said that, that takes Bruce Pearl off the table. So Bruce Pearl played Auburn like a fiddle here. Whether he showed interest in the job or not, his name was connected to Louisville. And as soon as that happens, he's like, well, okay, I'm going to want some more money if you want me to stay here. And Auburn gives him an eight-year contract, which some people have said a, a lifetime contract. But Bruce Pearl was never coming to Louisville because Louisville is already a, a program that's shrouded in controversy the last 10 years. So you can't bring him into the fold here. Um, I knew Mac was done, um, on my birthday, the 22nd, when I, we went to the Notre Dame game, we went to the Louisville Notre Dame game, uh, Louisville played an outstanding first half outstanding. They were hitting shot. I think they were like eight of nine from three in the first half. They had a four, four or five point lead on Notre Dame played great, came out in the second half and they lost by 12. And booze just rained down as the buzzer sounded. And you could just hear the buzz in the crowd of how upset they were. And then after the game, one of the reporters asked Malik Williams, who is the t- one of the team's starting five. He's plays the four and the five a little bit. They asked him basically if the team is still responding to the coaching staff. And he didn't say a word for 10 seconds and he answered the question by saying, I have no comment on that. And I think everyone at that point was like, okay, this ain't working. <laughs> so um, the next Monday or Tuesday after that, they lost at Virginia. And then the next day there was reports that they were working on a separation agreement. And I, I truly do believe it was mutual. Um, you know, everyone's going to say, you know, he was forced out. He was told to leave, but if he was forced to leave, you don't, you don't sign the separation deal. Like you're like, all right, I want my full 12 million. Like I don't want five. I want the full 12. If, if you're telling me I got to go. Um, but they, yeah, they signed a, a separation deal 4.8 million over the next the, this remaining year and the th- next three fiscal years. So Louisville made out good on it. Um, but yeah, it's been, um, it's been tough. People do forget though. Two years ago, he had Louisville, the number one ranked team in the country, like mid season. And then, 
late in the year. They fell off a little bit. Then COVID hit, so they didn't have a postseason. And last year they were the first or second team out of the tournament. So it wasn't all bad. Just recruiting hadn't panned out. I've talked to a couple of people down here that that are kind of tuned in with Louisville basketball and said that when he got here, he took really big swings at like the top 10 players in the country and none of them panned out. So then you had to settle for whatever was left and it, it just hasn't worked. So, so yeah, time, times are changing here in Louisville. Went to the game Saturday too uh, against Duke. You have, you have connections to people that are within the, that, that know, know their way around the basketball program. You haven't been down there that long. How do you know the, <laughs> you just meet them on, you don't even leave your house. I have a How? close connection to the athletic department. Wow. You've been there for all of three weeks. <laughs> um, great. That's good for you. Louisville will be, will be back. That is, exactly. that is absolutely exactly. for certain. It's a job. It's going to attract the best up and coming coaches in the country. They're going to have a good list. They'll, they'll find somebody. Um, the only other thing I was going to mention basketball wise uh, going on here tonight in South Bend, big game for the Irish. They host Duke who, as you mentioned, you just saw over the weekend. Good, man. Um, normally probably wouldn't that be that big of a game, but uh, Notre Dame's kind of surging and yeah. they, they seem to be pretty excited about this. I just hope the environment's a little bit better for this game than it was for the Kentucky game. Cause I was, drastically disappointed with how badly that arena didn't seem like they wanted to be there uh one last thing basketball wise which we didn't even put on our rundown um but uh line signee jay neps is gonna play in the iverson classic it is yeah he is that was uh that was announced today yeah uh, a lot of the the top uh, high school players in the country will be playing in that in april and he was um included on that list so that's are you going cool. to the game tonight no, no. Uh, it, there was there was the chance that that was happening, uh, yeah. but no, I am not. If I was, I would be have to be done by now. That's what I that's what I figured. Uh, um, did you see him. what Louisville gave Coach K? No, I did. They gave him a customized Louisville Slugger bat with like a blue oh, handle cool. and a Duke logo on it, and then they gave him a customized bottle of Maker's Mark. Um, you know, Maker's Mark has like the red drip wax yeah. on the top. They made yeah. it blue okay. for Duke. And they engraved his name or his his face, a picture of his face on the bottle. Oh wow! It was, it was kind of creepy, cool. but Coach K is a little <laughs> creepy cool. looking, anyways. That's funny. but it was really cool. It was a really cool, cool gift. And Denny Crum, that up. a former Louisville coach, presented it to him. It, it was a cool ceremony. So, so yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. All right, let's move on from basketball. We spent a ton <laughs> a of time yeah. watching about basketball or talking about basketball. Yeah, too much. Uh, I don't know if you know, but the NFL playoffs are going on. And uh, we now know who's playing the Super Bowl. Craig and his lifelong affinity for the Cincinnati Bengals. Woo! No, be. <laughs> Craig pulling out his white Joe Burrow jersey uh, to Hude. show off. Who day? Who day? I also have been a lifelong fan of the Cincinnati Bengals. I had it at one point had a T-shirt. Um, well, your brother played for him, right? That's why I had a t-shirt. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So Bengals. Was that, Rams. His, was that his first team? Uh, no, he signed with the Saints. Okay. And was there for mini camp, then went to the Bengals, was there for training camp and preseason, and then went to the Bears and then the Ravens briefly. Uh, anyway, uh, Rams. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, not, not laughing at your brother. Not laughing at your brother. I mean, you Dick can laugh B- at my brother. That's fine. Dick Buck has just tweeted. What did he say? Did he tweet at us? Does he want no. to be on the show? I wish. Shout out to my nephew, Luke, 
Luke Butkus used to be offensive line coach for the Illini. Familiar. Shout out to my nephew, Luke, the new O-line coach for the Packers. So great to see you moving up with an expansion team. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dick Buckus is a fun follow on Twitter. Uh, if you yes. haven't seen that already. Yes. Um, all right. Bengals Rams going to the Super Bowl. Uh, we had the NFC wow. and the AFC championship games this past weekend. Uh, the Bengals taking the Chiefs to overtime yet again. Thought that the overtime rule was going to bite us in the butt for the second week yeah. in a row. Um, but the NFL, uh, thankfully, uh, escaped that. But uh, the Chiefs did win their toss. And, uh, well, let's just – I got to back up. The Bengals were down 21-3. to Yeah, come on now. 21-3. to And they still prevailed. Um, wow. Wow. That was fun. I- these playoffs, uh, man, they have been. They've been good. Fantastic. They've Every been, game. They've been excellent. Well, no, there, there were there were blowouts, right? There was a couple blowouts. Oh, but yeah, the first round anyways. there were blowouts, yes. Yeah. But since then, yeah. they've been great. Uh, are you excited? Are you – did you I go am. to Cincinnati to celebrate? No. Are you going – did you buy your, your Super Bowl tickets? Did you buy your flight yet? Um, I mean, you got no, to wear that we, Joe Burrow um, jersey somewhere. I wore it yesterday. We went to uh, we went to someone's house and watched the games yesterday. Um, I wore it yesterday, and we actually were talking about tickets. The cheapest ticket, like on the secondary market, to get in was like sixty eight hundred dollars. A lot of money. <laughs> the most expensive was forty thousand. Hmm. Like holy cow! Um, and then as we were leaving, someone said something about my jersey. I was like, or no, I said something like they haven't lost a playoff game since I got my jersey, or something like that. And I told someone, you know, I'm not like I like them, but like I'm not a fan. I only bought it because we're close and we went to the game and stuff. He's like, dude, I thought you were a Bengals fan all day. Why do you have a jersey if you're not a fan? I was like, I yes, just wanted the jersey. Yes. <laughs> Justice is served. <laughs> I am not the only person that thinks you're crazy. <sighs> um, yeah, I mean, 21 to three. We all, I think everyone thought it was over except for except for the Bengals on the sideline. Um, I just don't – the Chiefs tend to do that. They did the same thing when these two teams played in week 16 or 17, whatever it was. The Chiefs got up on the Bengals huge, and the Bengals came back and won. I mean, I just I didn't see anything from Cincinnati in the first half that made me convinced that they could come back at all. I, I thought this was going to be a three-touchdown game when it was all said and done, and then the Chiefs just – just stop playing. They stopped playing offense and Mahomes stopped throwing it deep. He started checking it down and the receivers started stopped catching the ball. They started dropping everything and uh, interception. It was just, it was an utter collapse from Kansas city. And you don't expect that from them. They looked like they did the first four weeks of the season when they were, or six weeks of the season when they were two and three or three and four or whatever. It, It was a bad second half from Kansas city. I mean, they only scored three points, right? Because it was it was twenty one ten and a half yeah yeah they scored three was, points in the third yeah. quarter or the fourth crazy. quarter fourth quarter yeah so um, yeah definitely a uh, a um I don't know it, yes it was it was a mess uh, Patrick Mahomes kind of imploded I think a little bit yep. down the stretch um, fitting enough because I think another quarterback kind of imploded a little bit uh, in the second game on the day. Uh, Jimmy G also struggled a little bit. 
Um, the Rams take down the 49ers 20 to 17 in the NFC championship game. Um, Matt Stafford finally going to a Super Bowl. Happy Odell for him. Bell Beckham finally going to a Super Bowl. Uh, I was, I've been waiting all day. I still haven't seen it. I've been waiting for the Lions to tweet out something about Matt Stafford. And, uh, oh, they haven't, they haven't done it yet. Um, but yeah, the, the Rams take down the 49ers. Uh, so the Rams, we, is it the first team ever to host? Or has there last been somebody? Year. Buccaneers was, did it last year. Oh, I forgot. Two years in a row that. now. Was before yeah. that, though. It had, it's that, not, it doesn't Am- happen very often. If Tampa all. was the first last year. Okay. So this will be the second yeah. in two years. Yeah. I yeah. totally forgot about Tampa last year. That's crazy. Um, but yeah. So the Rams, Rams and Bengals. Um, hap- I'm happy for both those teams. I really am. Uh, the Bengals, it's been a long time, man. That city, uh, that city could, could use some, use some love. Um, and the Rams, you know, I know you St. Louis area people are still a little bitter um, about, about the Rams, but I think they're fun and big Cooper cup fan. I'm all about it. I'm all about it. You're looking at me with like disgruntlement or just your, your chin on your fist. Like what, what are you waiting for me to say? I can't be happy for the ownership. I, I can't. I, I I knew this was coming. Go on, go on. I'm I'm happy. I said it after the game. I said I despise the Rams ownership and front office. Absolutely despise them. Stan Kroenke can go to hell. But are you just am, mad because they happy. took them out of St. Louis, or is there more to it? The whole the whole how they went about it. They they illegally moved the team. It was like when the Colts just packed up from Baltimore, packed the trucks and moved to Indianapolis without telling anyone. They told the, they told the city of St. Louis, if you do this, we'll keep the team here. The city did that. And the Rams still found a way around. And yeah, it, it, we could, I wanted to do this over the summer because the two teams, the, the Rams and the uh, city of St. Louis, the NFL and the Rams and the city of St. Louis were in their whole court battle over the summer. And I was going to have someone on to, to talk through it, but I didn't think it was something we wanted to talk about extensively. Um, but just the whole, how it went down. If you, if you haven't looked it up, just look at what happened. Stan Kroenke just bent the city of St. Louis over and said, F you, and I'm taking this team where I want it. And, He's from St. Louis. Like he was born and raised in that city, and he just screwed him over. So I I can't be happy with any of his success and the the organization's success now. But like I said, as much as I hate them, such a cool moment for Matt Stafford. He went through so much in Detroit. No one wants to play in Detroit, and he played there for twelve years. And then the first year he he decides or he didn't decide he was traded to the Rams. This first year away from Detroit, he's going to the Super Bowl. I mean it it's it's so cool. It's such a cool moment. Like you said, I do love Cooper Cup. Um, I like OBJ. I don't like some of his antics, but I like the guy. I'm, I'm happy for him to play in, in a, his first Super Bowl. I think right. Yeah, he wouldn't have won. Yes. he wouldn't have made it with anyone else. Yeah, his first Super Bowl. Um, yeah, they've got some players that I'm happy for. It's just, I'm not rooting for them. I don't want them to win it, but it, there were certainly some, some cool moments within the organization that I think deserve it. 
I was listening to the post game show on the drive home last night on Sirius, and Kurt Warner called him the St. Louis Rams. Uh, it was an accident. It was a slip. Like he started to say St. Louis. I mean Los Angeles. <laughs> I was like, well, it is Kurt Warner, so it might be tough for him to break <laughs> for him to break the habit. Yeah, I, I get it. I I understand. Um, I, I I understand the frustrations, and this is not just you. This is. I know a lot of St. Louis area people that are still upset by the whole thing. And rightfully so. I, I part of, I get wanting to move the team to LA, but you're right. It wasn't really done the right way. I mean, did um, you see the crowd too? 60% red for the, yeah. like no one in LA cares. No. For football. Now no. in 10, 10, 15 years, they might, you know, the Rams have to reestablish that fan base, but. Um, I don't know that they needed to throw two teams in LA. Exactly. Right off the bat. I, I, it's always been, it's been weird for the last decade or so that LA hasn't had a team. Um, but to just throw two teams there. And the Chargers thing was, was very similar. Like, yeah, oh, I know. with, with Spanos, it's just like they just wanted to go to LA because it's the big city. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's, it is what it is. Um, so yeah, Rams, Bengals, that'll be the Super Bowl. Uh, on the 13th, we got a couple weeks until then. Um, I know you're pulling for the Bengals. Do you want to make your pick yet, or do you want to wait a week to give your pick? Oh, no, I want to wait on that. I know the oh. line came four and yeah. a half for Rams by four and a half, and okay. that makes me want to jump on the Bengals. But a lot can happen in practice the last next two weeks. Okay. Well, we will wait to make our Super Bowl picks until next week. Uh, all the things that happened last night uh, were kind of uh, – you know, ho-hum news compared to the other big NFL news of the day uh, or maybe <laughs> news before of the weekend, I guess it was yeah. on Saturday. Tom Brady may or may not be retiring. Um, <laughs> the, the report came out from, Adam isn't Schechter. that the case with everyone though? Like Matthew Stafford yes, may or may not may be retiring. Retire. <laughs> Logan Lee may or may not be retiring. We'll never exactly. know. Um, but the report came out from Adam Schefter and uh, I believe another ESPN reporter out of, out of Tampa on Saturday that said that Tom Brady was going to be retiring um, this off season or whatever. Um, so uh, immediately that circulated around the internet. Everybody was, you know, posting their thoughts and, you know, calling him the goat and watching his highlight videos and all these things. Well, then over the course of the day uh, we find out that, Tom Brady has not told anybody he's retiring. Um, Tom Brady is denying this. His father is denying this. The Bucks are denying this. Everybody and their mother associated with Tom Brady is denying this. Um, so then Adam Schefter and ESPN had, to, they chose to double down on their mm-hmm. report uh, that Tom Brady is in fact retiring. It has now been two days and we still haven't heard anything officially from Tom Brady as of recording this. Who knows what happens between by the time we record this and by the time it actually goes out. Yeah, that's true. Because uh, I think he was supposed to have, I think he does a show on Sirius that was supposed to maybe be tonight. So I don't know. By the time we post this, he might be retired. He might not be retired. Who knows? But um, I think it's likely that there was some val- validity to the report um, and that uh, Tom just didn't want it out yet, which is yeah. why he's he's denying it. Um, I'm not going to say I was surprised to hear this part of me thought that he was really going to try to play till he was 50, um, which he still had a few more years. He's not quite that old yet. Um, but that was the big news on Saturday, uh, that Tom Brady will be supposedly retiring. 
let's hear your thoughts. Shocked, happy, sad, grumpy, sleepy, sneezy, grumpy, dopey doc. What are your, where are you at? <laughs> um, I was, I was shocked just because yeah. he shocked. Really? He's, he showed no effects. Like he looked like he was 35 no, out there playing this year. Like he has no reason to hang him up yet. He's got two or three more years left in him. So I, now does he want to go out while he's still, has legs he can use to walk around like maybe like yeah i'm not going to make a decision for him but i was shocked i i really thought he had a, or he has a couple more years left in him um but my thoughts on tom brady and i think i've told you this before i might have said it on this show before i know i've told multiple people i have never done such a fast 180 with an athlete as i have with tom brady when he was with the Patriots, I I know I use this word a lot. Ask some of my former coworkers that had a running list of every time I said I hate something, they would write it on there. And there was a list of like 80 things. I hated Tom Brady with the Patriots. Big Tim. He was that was on there. <laughs> um shocker. I, I I did not like him with the Patriots whatsoever. I wanted him to lose every game, but then he went to Tampa. And he just became a different person. I think, you know, he's in all these commercials. Now he has his own podcast. He's posting on social media. He's funny. Like i like Tampa Bay, Tom Brady, Tampa Brady. I like that person. So that's my thoughts on him. So I kind of hope yeah. he doesn't hang it up. I, I th- I'm enjoying him as a Buccaneer. I, I get that. I agree with everything you said. Um, he was once he was no longer affiliated with the the evil empire. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's probably where a lot of that stems from. Um, mm-hmm. You get away from that, and all of a sudden, you know, you go to a team, a different team, and all of a sudden, it's it's a totally different world. Yeah, um, Bill Belichick would a, not let him do what he's doing right now. No, all he goes to, he goes to Tampa, and he you know convinces Gronkowski and a few other you know quote unquote once superstars or whatever you want to call them um, to join him and yeah. get a good team going. Um, uh, I would compare what you're talking about to my feelings towards Alex Rodriguez. Um, granted, Alex was, I became to like him after he was done playing, um, but I kind of like the um, Fox version analyst, a rod, that type of stuff. But I, I, I see what you mean. Um but yeah, I mean, I was, I was surprised, but I don't think I was totally shocked. Uh, I do think he could play a little bit more. He still might. We we might find out that yeah, that was just totally false. But um, I mean, Shefty, he's taking a he's hit had, through all this, right? Yeah, he's, he's had a rough three or four months. Yeah, I don't. Know it, this does on. not look good. This does not look good on him. No, I don't. know. Even if he retires, do you think Shefty gets some mud on his ha- or dirt on his hands here? Probably. Even if he was right, well, in his if he, I mean, if he retires, no. But uh, yeah, he's he's definitely had a he's had a rough had a rough patch, that's for sure. Um, if Tom Brady does retire, do the Bucks just start over? Do they trust who do they got there? Well, I Who's think um, Kyle Trask, Kyle Trask, and Blaine Gabbert. Yeah. Blaine Gabbert was yeah. their backup. Kyle, they drafted Kyle Trask. Um, you never know what Aaron Rodgers might do. Um, I think Russell Wilson is Russell Wilson a free agent or did he sign an extension? I think he's 
I don't. I think he's. I think he's a free I don't agent, right? I don't know if he's a free agent. I don't know. Okay. I'm not positive. Well, at least Aaron Rodgers is out there. Um, other than that, I don't know. I feel like Russ is a free agent, but I, I could be wrong on that. I know Russ wants out of Seattle, so I think so, they might be trading, potentially trading Russ. That's my prediction. I don't know if they would trade him to an NFC team. That'd be the debate. That's a good point, but I'm predicting Russell Wilson will play for the Buccaneers and Aaron Rodgers will play for either Pittsburgh or Denver. That could be true. Uh, all right. So, um, yeah, Tom Brady. The other uh, big retiree of the week, though, uh, Ben Roethlisberger. You see that transition just, I did right there? The, the, the Steelers. <laughs> the Steelers need a quarterback, uh, which is why Craig thinks that it'll maybe be Aaron Rodgers. But uh, Ben Roethlisberger's, he is done as well. Um, long, successful career for him. Um, a couple of AFC East opponents. Um, he started off his career really strong. Yeah. He kind of flew under the radar, came out of Miami, Ohio, got to a Super Bowl, won a Super Bowl early. Um, and then just kind of, just kind of coasted was just good. They were just always good. Um, and to do, to be as good as he was to play, you know, in the AFC with, with Tom Brady, um, and Peyton Manning and some of these other guys that were, you know, playing at the same time as him, like, it's pretty incredible, um, for, for what they were able to do as many successful seasons as they had, um, good, good careers quarterback, obviously had some off the field issues. Um, so a lot of people have been common commenting on that but strictly as a as a quarterback staying on the field i mean he's he's certainly been a first ballot hall of famer uh, he's yep. had a really good career uh, amongst uh, a lot of really good quarterbacks playing against him in the league yeah um was never a huge big bang guy um but like you said always successful uh mike tomlin has never had a record below 500 and roethlisberger has been his quarterback since he came in so i don't know that roethlisberger has ever had a record below 500 he got his two super bowls um i mean one of the most iconic plays in super bowl history was that touchdown pass to santonio holmes um to beat the cardinals that they showed i saw saw that a couple days ago and i'm still don't know how he caught that and got his feet down um for that touchdown um i watched his week 17 game which was his last game at home when after the game you know just scenes in Pittsburgh the crowd was going crazy they came back and I think they won that game um he did like he didn't do a full lap giving fans high fives but he started to go around and give fans high fives it was just a cool moment like you said that that class of quarterback with him Eli Manning and Philip Rivers yeah that's one of the best draft classes quarterback wise that that you're gonna find um they were all they all worked they all hit and that that never happens that never happens where every quarterback in the draft class hits. Um, so yeah, it's uh, another end of a career that was, it's going to be weird. Now, now he's a guy we talked about how we think Brady still has a couple of years left. I think Roethlisberger has been toast for a couple of years. He needed to hang it up a couple of years ago, uh, I agree. but he um, he's finally doing it now. Um, so yeah. Hall of fame career. Like you said, first ballot The question is, of that draft class, who do you take? Who's the best of those three? Rivers, Manning, or Roethlisberger? 
Manning and Rivers both have two Super Bowls. Or Manning and uh, Roethlisberger have two Super Bowls. Rivers never made. You're a asking Super Bowl. whose career I would take, or who would I want to be my quarterback? What are you asking me here? I think the second. Uh, both. I want to know both. Whose career would you take, and who's the best quarterback of the group? I think I would take Roethlisberger's career because um, he had the two Super Bowls. I mean, Eli had – Eli has two Super Bowls. Two Super Bowls, but Roethlisberger was better consistently than Eli Yeah, I was. think the, – yeah, the Giants weren't as good. I think I, – I think the answer to the second one might actually be Phillip Rivers. Best quarterback. But, yeah, but – I'd have a hard time not picking Roethlisberger for that either. Yeah. Um, I think you could make a case for any of them. It's uh, yeah. It's a, it was a really good trio for sure. Yeah. yeah. Really impressive. Um, but yeah, that, I mean, Roethlisberger, just, just the AFC quarterbacks in general around that time was, was incredible. I know Eli yeah. was in the NFC, but I mean, there was, there was a lot of good battles there um, with, with him and Brady and Manning and rivers and, God, it was fun. So, um, okay. We have been talking a long time about some of this stuff, but there was a lot of uh, coaching news this week too in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk about some of this stuff briefly. Uh, a couple big ones, for, obviously with the bears, uh, the bears hired Ryan Poles as their general manager. Um, Ryan Poles spent uh, the last however many years as a part of the Kansas city chiefs yeah. um, organization. And Sorry, I'm getting a FaceTime call. Um, and uh, he's been everything from a, a scout to an administrator to director of player personnel. Um, yeah. So he is now the new GM for the Chicago Bears. And his mm-hmm. first order of business was to hire a head coach. And he went out and he hired Matt Eberflus. That's fun to say. DC, the defensive coordinator from the Indianapolis Colts. Um, okay. Interesting. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and I don't know, uh, whatever. It's not my call. Um, I'm not really that invested in it one way or the other, but I was, yeah. not, I was shocked a little bit. Uh, yeah. Didn't see that coming. The Colts have been fairly, fairly good defensively. Now how they didn't, get past the Jaguars to go to the playoffs at the end of the regular season <laughs> mind numbing, but, yeah. um, but yeah, uh, so that, that's where they're going. Matt Eberflus. It is fun to say. Yes. Um, <laughs> spent the last few years with the, with the Colts as their defensive coordinator thoughts. You like the hire? Have you had time to think about it? Do you know much about him? Don't love it. Don't hate it. Just kind of. Okay. I guess uh, I know he's he's a name that for the last couple of years has interviewed for head coaching jobs in the offseason. Um, so the Bears, the Bears bring him in. He, t- he takes the Bears job. Um, yeah, I think there were definitely better options out there. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I'm not I'm not leaping. I'm not screaming off the top of the roof. Let's go Matt Eberflus, but I'm not panicking if I'm a Bears fan either. Um, I think he's a, he's a, he's a good coach. I mean, the, the Colts defense yeah. has been pretty good the last couple of years. Um, he's coached Darius Leonard. He's turned him into a all pro 
uh, defensive end or linebacker, whatever position they play him at. I don't, I'm not real sure. Um, they've had some good defenses. So um, now the, the key is this offensive coordinator that they brought in. Um, I forgot his name. I should have wrote it down, but um, he was with, who was he with Packers? I don't even remember who they hired. Packers offensive line coach is now the bears offensive coordinator. Um, Getsky. Getsy. 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 Yeah. Getsy. I hadn't even Getsy. seen that. Okay. Yeah. So that's the key for him because Eberflus is the defensive guy. So needed to get someone in that, that can work Justin Fields in because that's your franchise right there. He spent a lot of draft capital to go get him. Um, so yeah, I, I don't hate it, but I don't love it. It's, Let's see what happens if you're a Bears fan. Chicago is very unforgiving uh, yep. as a sports town. So uh, I, have a, I have a buddy that's from Chicago, but has spent most of his adult life living in Indianapolis, working in the media there uh, and posted something uh, basically saying, you know, he's he's got to get it figured out pretty quickly or he will get eaten alive by, by the media and by the fans in Chicago. So uh, hopefully it works out for them. I uh, can't really give much of an opinion on it one way or the other, but that is where we're at. Uh, Matt Eberflus, the new head coach for your Chicago bears. Uh, some other hires around the NFL and the coaching carousel. Nathaniel Hackett was hired as the Broncos head coach. The giants hired Brian Dobble. Is it Dobble? Dable. 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 Um, and then Josh McDaniels is going to the Raiders. Um, so that's, Four of the openings have been filled so far. Yeah. I don't think I missed one, did I? I don't think so. Texans, Jags, Dolphins, and then one, no, Vikings. Saints. And then one that we ha- yeah, that we're going to talk about here. Which I'm going to talk about is uh, Sean Payton stepping yeah. aside, stepping down from the role, his role as head coach of the Saints, coming off of his, uh, you know, biopic shot starring uh, Kevin James on Netflix. <laughs> oh my God. Um, <laughs> he makes a cameo. I see. He does. I guess as a janitor, I have not watched it. Don't plan to. Um, but yes, Sean Payton uh, stepping away from, from the saints. Um, not sure what the future holds for him. If he's going to shift to broadcasting. Yeah. Uh, I think if that's he wants a given. to stay coaching. If he wants to just give it, get, take a break. I don't know. Um, but uh, either way, he is no longer going to be coaching the saints. Probably the yeah. right time. Uh, Drew yeah. Brees is now gone. There seems to be some issues with the quarterback situation there. Uh, things aren't looking great. So it's time. It's time to move on. So yeah. Sean Payton is gone from, from New Orleans. Uh, so that's another head coaching vacancy that is still open. Maybe he takes one of these other spots, uh, but I think probably going to be in the broadcast booth or doing some sort yeah. of analyzing yeah. for some. I network. think he's going to TV as well. Yeah, that's my predictions. Uh, okay, baseball. Uh, I don't know how long we're going to talk about this. We've already been doing this show for a long time. Uh, but Major League Baseball and the Baseball Hall of Fame uh, announced its lone inductee this past week. Its lone inductee is the great big poppy, David Ortiz. Congratulations to David Ortiz. Uh, a designated hitter, had a great career with the Boston Red Sox, uh, World Series champion, uh, heck of a personality, beloved by many, uh, great guy. Happy to see him get in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. That's not the but big we, story. <laughs> we, no. I just, we have to give him his props. Uh, love Big Poppy. Huge fan. Yeah. 
What are we doing? What are we doing? Is this just me being the millennial that I am just like pissed off at this whole steroids and baseball thing? Like I, it's my freaking generation of baseball, man. And they're just like shutting them all out. I get it. They cheated. I get it. Um, but at the time, it wasn't cheating. And everybody knew it was happening. Everybody just let it happen. Baseball profited off of this. This built baseball stadiums. Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa single-handedly brought back baseball. Now, I'm not going to sit here and try to tell you that Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa are for sure first ballot Hall of Famers, steroids or not. That's not the discussion here. But those two saved baseball. It brought money to the sport. It brought stadiums to the sport. It brought TV contracts to the sport. So to sit here and tell me that Barry Bonds – the all-time home run hitter, home run king in all of baseball. And one of the greatest hitters of our generation, steroids or not. And Roger Clemens, arguably the greatest pitcher of our generation, steroids or not, are just not going to be Hall of Famers. I get it. Not off, not out the gate. I get it. There's a lot of old people voting. They want to have it as it is. Do we really have to do this for 10 years and, and then for them to just say no? I, I, it's just, it's frustrating. It's frustrating to me. And it's literally, it's literally our generation of baseball players that they are shutting out from this thing because of this steroid scandal that baseball profited off of. It's dumb. I hate it so much. Figure out another way to get them in the Hall of Fame that you, if you want to put an asterisk or put something on their plaque that says they were involved in this steroid era, whatever, I do not care, but they deserve to be there. What's your thought on this that I've kind of always thought? Okay, yes, they take steroids. Yes, that makes them bigger. They can hit the ball farther. They can throw the ball faster, harder, whatever the term is. Harder, better, faster. <laughs> As far as the hitters go, steroids doesn't help you make the contact with the ball. You still have to swing the bat and hit the ball. Nope. Yes, it might go a little bit farther because your muscles are a little bit bigger, but you still have to hit the ball. If you're a pitcher, you still have to hit your spots. So, I yeah, I'm... I don't know if there needs to be a review process of the voters or you can't vote if you're 70 years old or older like because that's what it is it's all these old people stuck in their ways that want to keep the hall of fame clean and and clear of of controversy but like you said bud seeligan bud seelig oversaw baseball when this was happening they voted him in yeah but yeah like you like you said mlb did not stop it it was legal at the time so they were not doing anything wrong. So yeah, I'm I'm with you. I don't want to get into speculation corner here. Um, and I could because I could be totally wrong. That's a that's a segment for the show. I like that. I just don't feel like David Ortiz was totally clean. No, I didn't. He get to, he tested positive. I think at least once. 
there seems to be a lot of muddy water there yeah. with all these reports, this Mitchell report and who was tested and who wasn't and who was clean and who wasn't. And, but he was likable. He was likable. He's got a big smiling face. The city of Boston loves him. Is that really all it is? If Barry Bonds was likable, is he getting in? Probably. Has Alex Rodriguez saved himself because he's become a likable personality on television? Mm, I don't know about that. He hasn't because he had more cheating. He he was suspended for a full year. He cheated when we knew it was cheating. Bonds and Clemens weren't cheating when we knew it was cheating. Yeah, It wasn't cheating then. We just didn't know what it was or whatever. I don't know. I just... They, there will still be the, the veterans committee or whoever gets to vote again. So there's still a chance that these guys could get in. Um, I just don't think it's happening. And it's just, it's just frustrating as somebody that grew up watching baseball in the nineties and the two thousands. Yes, we do have Ken Griffey jr. And we do have some of these other players that are in the hall of fame. But if you, if you honestly are going to keep out every player that you know, was associated with steroids, you're just shutting out an entire generation. And I just, I don't Pete Rose know. too. Pete Rose needs. Yeah, to the in. Pete Rose thing is its own thing. Gambling, which is legal now. Yeah. Granted, you can't gamble if you're associated with baseball, but like we endorse gambling. Major League Baseball wants you to gamble because it makes yeah. them money. Yep. So, just baseball, add it to the list of things that ruin baseball. I mean, we're they, in the middle of a lockout say, right now for pointless reasons, like. Baseball is losing their fan base and they, they can't, they don't see it. No one in the major league baseball sees what's happening on the outside. They just continue to be stuck in their own ways. I think that the only reason that they feel like they have anything is because they're the only sport really going on in the summer. Yep. For about three months, they're going to watch for about three months. That's about it. Uh, Once the NBA playoffs are over and until college football starts, baseball is all you got. Yep. So, they have that. Um, it's just, it's annoying. They continue to be stuck in their own ways and they, I don't know. It, the whole hollow fame thing is frustrating. And we knew this was going to happen. I mean, it wasn't like they were trending in a very positive direction. The Kurt Schilling thing is its own thing too. I, as a player. Yes. Kurt Schilling's a hall of famer. I understand that his off the field things that he said post his career and stuff has kept him out. But again, that's the whole likable thing. I, I just think that that's – I don't think that those two things should should intertwine. I don't really know. I don't have a solution. Um, I'm just here to bitch about it. Yeah. Uh, okay. I don't know what else we need to talk about today. Um, we covered a lot of ground. I don't have anything movie-related to speak on. No. Um, I have been giving How I Met Your Father a shot. Um, <laughs> third episode was okay. It was fine. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I don't Not have I'm doing any- it for you. No, it's fine. It's not. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know that it's going to replicate the original, but no. none of these have. I mean, it's fine. Yeah. I'll keep watching it. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, you have anything been, else you to talk about? I've been meaning to get to Tick, Tick, Boom. I've been looking up stuff on Jonathan oh, so Larson um, so and kind of reading his backstory, but we haven't got to it yet. Um, we just so good. started the new season of Ozark just came out. So we're two episodes into that. So, okay. so yeah, I don't have anything else to, to talk about, though. I did over the weekend get caught up on the book of Boba Fett, which oh, I there is something. Oh, okay. Celebrity Big Brother starts this week. Yeah. Are we gonna care? <laughs> <laughs> I've seen this cast list, man. Oh, it is rough. I 
I'll Chris watch Kattan. it just because it's huh? Chris Kattan, yes. Chris Kirkpatrick. Patrick, Lamar Odom. Yeah, Todrick Hall. Todrick Hall. I just yep. found out who he was two months ago. Yep. Yep. Uh there's a few. I mean, there are people that I recognize, but I don't know. Uh, I love Big Brother, but I don't really know that we need another season of Celebrity Big Brother. They only do it yeah. just to try to steal something from. Yeah, when you're getting the when Olympics. you're getting when you're getting these celebrities, you, I don't think many people want to watch them. No. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's gonna. I think that's gonna do it for us. Um, we've been talking for a long time, so we're gonna shut it down. Yeah. We will be back for another Illinois-related show this week. I do not know. Have, I don't think we've talked about it. Are we going to do a live stream for this Wednesday game, if this Wednesday game is played? Yeah, I'll see if it happens. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Well, we will keep you posted. Uh, do us a favor. If you just subscribe. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Subscribe to us on Apple. Subscribe to us on Spotify. That way, when we do have a show, if you can get notified, you can hit the little bell icon. And it'll notify you anytime we do a show. It'll be great. Also, while you're there, give us a like. Um, I think that's going to do it for us. How about that? We good? I like we it. Good? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, that's been episode 52 of No One Asked Us. Don't forget to give us a follow at No One Asked Us Pod, at Craig W. Choate, at the Logan Lee. Follow us on all of our social media. Subscribe, like, everything else. We, we will be back for it. Illinois-centric shows later this week after the Illini take on Hopefully take on Wisconsin this week and then on the road at Indiana on Saturday. For Craig Choate, I'm Logan Lee. We'll see you guys next week or whenever we do another show. Bye.